Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Welcome to episode 21. It is Monday, August 14th, 2017. And uh, we are happy to be back this week with a really cool um, interview coming up with a, a group that I did not know existed until just a short time ago. And um, for those of you who have who have looked at the um, Light and Life article that was written about FMC Radio, I believe there was a portion of that where I talked about how um, I kind of am learning a lot of the things as... I am doing these podcasts and as I'm producing these episodes and having these interviews with people, I'm learning about Free Methodist Ministries that I did not know existed. Um, and I mean, it's really endless out there. I mean, I'm sure there's you know thousands more that are yet to be uncovered. And so um, moving on to the future, you know, I, I have some ideas and, and people that I'm excited to speak to and uh, episodes that are forthcoming but so many things like the uh, Eden's Glory ministry today that I was not aware of and I'm assuming many of you out there are not familiar with Eden's Glory as well um, a group in Illinois that we will be speaking to soon that are doing some life-changing work and I hope that you would consider maybe um, getting involved even monetarily um, as you hear what's going on so in that, um, there are a few things that I wanted to talk to you about here in this episode. So let's move into breaking news. Well, we finally have wrapped up for this year. Um, wrapped up the quiz, the quizzing season of 2017. And uh, if you remember back to, or if you had the chance to listen to episode 13 of our show, you remember I did an interview with Josh Mackenstein, and uh, he talked about the Pittsburgh Conference. He's in charge of the quizzing for the Pittsburgh Conference, so he talked about what they're doing and and some things that that he's been involved with. But um, even more than just that local level, that conference level, he was able to speak to us a little bit about the importance of quizzing, and you know how it has dropped down a little bit in recent years from his um, viewing and, and from what he's seen, but how it really is needed because it's teaching kids um, scripture in a fun way. It's teaching them to memorize and it's teaching them to, not only that, but they're they're having these this kind of community and camaraderie as they're um, learning together and then going on these trips together. So um, this past month, July 10th through the 14th, was the Quizzing Nationals on the campus of Roberts Wesleyan College. Um, and it's every single year they have these quiz finals. 
And so this past year, they were to uh, memorize and study the books of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Now, those are those are shorter books, but boy, that's, that's quite a bit um, still to consider. I mean, many of us who are listening, um, those who are adults who are not involved with quizzing or even, you know, any age really, if you're not involved with quizzing, you say, well, wow, to... to study and commit to memory these books, um, that's that's a big task. That's five separate books. And so when they went, obviously there was a lot of um, competition going on. There was a lot of um, competitiveness uh, in, uh, in a fun way going on here at the uh, Nationals competition because the groups were um, competing uh, in the Bible quizzing, see which team and then individuals also had uh, the highest scores in their in their Bible quizzing competition. But as a as the midst of the re- in the midst of the rest of that um, week, there were all sorts of other things going on. In fact, Kevin Austin, the director of the Set Free Movement, was a speaker that week, so they were able to have chapel services uh, with worship led by Lewis Colon, the lead pastor of Heart and Soul Community Church. Um, and so there was all sorts of amazing things going on, and you may kind of considered that, you may have thought about that, that there would be services going on um, as in the midst of the competition, but something that you may not have known that's kind of cool is that they actually kicked off this quiz finals week with a number of service projects that were planned by the actual youth that uh, were in attendance here. And they were led across the area. So it was it was a total of 209 students and leaders that were starting this week by serving the community. And they were serving all sorts of different places. Um, the locations included Cornerstone Christian School, uh, Rochester City Schools, um, a, a Free Methodist Church, um, other types of churches, denominations, a family mission in Rochester, um, at community houses, uh, there were so many different locations, and the things they were kind of doing there, they did gardening work from painting to demolition, sorting. Uh, they did a children's Bible camp at one of these places, cleaning, scraping, encouraging, arts and crafts, and more. There were so many different things that were done um, at the beginning of this week before the competition got started, before they were spiritually growing through the, the words from Kevin Austin and from the worship time. But that's pretty amazing to to know all what went on, um, and uh, I am I was unfortunately not able to attend. I've never actually been able to make it to quizzing uh, nationals, and hopefully one year I will make it out for for this because it's such a big Free Methodist event. I'd love to see it for myself and see kind of what's going on. Um, for those of you who were there, we would love to hear from you as well and hear some. Um, responses and kind of your thoughts on what happened while you were there and maybe some personal stories. But um, you can read more about what happened at the quizzing finals on the fmcusa.org website. Um, just such an amazing thing to see. And, and and there are so many other things, by the way, that we're not able to get into right now um, that I don't want to tell you everything that's in the article because I do want to direct you over there and, and you go ahead over to the fmcusa.org website and read the article. But it's so amazing to um, hear what's going on because um, I know when I first got involved in the Free Methodist Church, um, and this is just me speaking here from personal you know opinion and, and view, when I saw quizzing, I didn't know what it was. It didn't seem like a whole lot to me. Um, I saw the trophies. Um, I, I knew that there were a few kids from the church that I was involved in that were doing quizzing. Um, but when they talked about it, it didn't seem like a whole lot. It seemed like 
you know, okay, a couple churches get together and they kind of do a game where, you know, people answer questions about the scripture passages. And I said, I guess it's okay. You know, it's good, but I didn't see the point. Um, And I think that a lot of people out there um, today are similar to how I was back then. And they kind of say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but eh, I don't really know. It's probably not really that great anymore. You know, there's not really much of a you know, point to it anymore. And the more I hear about it and the more I see, I find out that that it's actually a, a very amazing, um, life-changing thing. Not only um, the Nationals, you know, this big event where they were able to reach in the community and those types of things, but also just because these people who are who are learning, they're remembering these things. They're, these kids are remembering the, the scriptures that they're, you know, first maybe just coming as a part of the competition, um, but later on it, it becomes something deeper, um, and it becomes really, as the scripture says, it becomes hidden in their heart, and it becomes a part of everyday life that kind of pops back to memory, these things that they're studying. Uh, and, and there's so much more that we could get into, but that's back in episode 13, if you're not able to uh, have heard it before, please go back and listen to that again. So secondly, um, uh, apart from quizzing, I wanted to mention an event that's coming up for those of you who may be pastors out there, especially those of you who are new um, pastors or new, even if you're not you know, a pastor in terms of a, a head pastor, if you're new and you're a youth pastor or a worship leader or you're, you're doing something um, for the first time or within your first few years of the Free Methodist Church, and uh, you are still learning about these things. If you're still wondering, you know, I'd like to meet the bishops face-to-face. I'd like to hear from them in person. You know, I'd like to know more about free Methodism. I'd like to, you know, tour the World Ministry Center and see what goes on there, you know, in, in, in Indianapolis. If you have these kinds of questions and you've been waiting for the right opportunity, I have great news for you, and it's coming up pretty soon, so you'll need to make a move pretty quickly. But the Starting Strong Conference, it's a three-day event held each September at the World Ministry Center in Indianapolis. It is coming up here very soon. It starts on September 6th, which is a Wednesday, and it's over the following Friday on Friday, September 8th. And so it's the 6th through the 8th, and uh, the greatest part about this, well, I guess the greatest part is is all the things that I've mentioned. You're able to get out there. You're able to meet face-to-face some of these faces that you've heard of or, you know, you know you've 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 heard of through this podcast or through light and life or those types of things but um not only that but the what i what i say the second greatest thing then is that it's completely free there's no charge for this event it's a three-day conference some of the food is actually included um and there's no registration cost now of course you getting out there that's up to you um and your hotel that's up to you um but uh definitely think about coming out to this. I'm actually going to be heading out there for this event and hopefully talking to all sorts of people out there, things that I'll be able to share with you guys when I get back um, from it and uh, will certainly give you all a recap. Um, It may end up most likely becoming its own episode, uh, kind of a, a... what's going on at the the World Ministry Center um, episode and a recap of the Starting Strong Conference and what's going on um, with that. But I hope that you will all be able to make it there in person, many of you who are listening, be able to make it out there September 6th through the 8th and be a part of what's going on. All you need to do, uh, as I said, there is no um, charge, um, but you can see all of the details in terms of the schedule um, and everything else. And 
you also need to register on the website. You can see all of that on fmcusa.org, and I will put an even more specific um, link right in the show notes so you can click right on it and go straight from the show notes straight to the page, which is registration and the frequently asked questions and all sorts of stuff that you're going to need. So look at those dates, see if you can make it, and if you do make it out, please um, seek me out and say hi. I'd like to meet all sorts of different people. I'm excited to, uh, some of the faces that I already know that are going to be there, I'm excited to meet for the first time. Um, but many other listeners that, that I have not heard from or that I have not met, please find out where I'm at at this conference, and I'd like to meet you, like to talk to you. Uh, maybe we could even sit down and record something. I'll definitely have my iPad and my microphone along with me to record several things. So um, hope to see all of you there. so excited to talk to the person that we're going to be talking to today. And we've had many different people here on FMC Radio. Um, every single person has been great, from talking to the bishops to speaking to uh, people in different ministries. But I have to say that today I'm probably the most excited that I've been about talking to anyone because uh, especially recently just in in the studies that I've been doing and as you know if you've been a listener talking about this idea of human trafficking and what's been going on not just recently but for a long time here in America even um, so I am very excited to speak today to Ginger Coakley um, from Eden's Glory and Ginger thanks for talking to us today my pleasure excited to be a part of this well, I, I know a little bit about Eden's Glory, but as I'm doing this interview, I'm going to be learning a lot as well because I looked, I found out about you guys um, more recently, um, and uh, actually, I kind of stumbled across it, I feel, almost a, as an accident. I know you guys are associated with the Set Free Movement. Um, That's right. And kind of birthed out of the Set Free Movement, is that right? That is also correct. And uh, I was recently looking for... I had seen the movie Priceless. Are you familiar with the movie Priceless? I am aware of it. I've not been able to view that one. Okay, so for those of you who are listening who are not aware, the band, the Christian band for King and Country came out with the movie Priceless, and it's about human trafficking. And what's really interesting is at the very end of the movie, if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, these victims of human trafficking are given a, uh, given a chance to uh, go to this place where they can be restored to a full life. And uh, restored in many different ways, emotionally, spiritually, um, psychologically, in so many ways. And so when I heard about Eden's glory, that's what this reminded me of. Um, but I'm excited to hear what it all is that you guys do. Um, and Ginger, I guess to start out, if you could just tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how this began and, and what it, you know, how it all began. Absolutely. Yeah, so back in the, what year was it, 2010? Uh, I was learning about human trafficking for the very first time. Um, I wasn't aware that it existed. I didn't. I wasn't aware that the the number of persons enslaved today is so huge. I didn't know that it happened uh, in my own backyard. And when I heard those things, I just was appalled and I was angry. And so I was like, "Man, I gotta, I gotta learn about this, and I gotta do something about this." So 
um, through some learning, through meeting Kevin Austin, who's now the director and founder of the Set Free Movement, um, just really felt the Lord calling me uh, to do this with my calling. So I was in the process of being ordained, and I was uh, looking for what my ministry would be through the Free Methodist Church, and um, the Lord just said, this is, this is it, this is what I've made you to do, is to do something, to fight human trafficking, to address this injustice. And from that point forward, I just started inviting people into conversation with me in my community, and I live in Southern Illinois, and we just started having conversations around my dining room table, and we watched some movies, uh, documentaries, similar probably to Priceless, and we just... All of us just said, you know, we got to do something. This is happening. Let's let's educate people around us, our community, different service providers. And God just started opening up the doors. And so, really, we were just an awareness uh, raising people were with the with a common passion uh, to do something about this injustice. And uh, the more and more that we did the educating into our community and telling the story, the more and more people came back to us and said, "Well, what are we going to do about it?" We can't just hear about this terrible thing. What are we gonna? What are we gonna do? So uh, through some prayer and through uh, some engagement with our team, uh, Kevin Austin came and talked with us, and he said, "Well, what about the idea uh, of opening a restoration home?" And he said, "You've got a business person on your team. You've got a minister. You've got a social worker. Uh, you've got an educator. Why? Why couldn't we do this? Uh, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you do it?" And simultaneously, our boots trembled. Very, very terrifying thing to, to think about setting out, opening a restoration home. Yeah. Uh, and, and our hearts leapt. So we kind of had this simultaneous resonance in our group that this was something we needed to at least pray about and explore. So we set out on about a six-month uh, journey of asking the question. So early in 2014, we were still asking the question, but pretty sure that we were being led to answer yes, and uh, and before we did anything official or public, uh, God dropped a house in our laps, basically, and wow. uh, suddenly we had five acres, a three-bedroom home, a huge garage that we could transform it into classroom and chapel space, and suddenly we didn't have anything but an answer of yes because we had the home. So uh, that's its beginning, is coming out of uh, just a, a long obedience of saying yes. So, okay, so everything is all set up. You have the land, you have the people to be able to pull this off. Now, how, how do you go about, you know, you know there are people in need. You know there are people who are being taken advantage of in terms of human trafficking. But how do you get those people to where they need to be? Is there some in-between? Yeah, absolutely. So through all those years of raising awareness and networking with service providers, uh, it just kind of flung the doors wide open. Uh, people were coming to us saying, I've got a girl who uh, would, would thrive in your program. I've got a girl who needs to do this. And then we were networked to some other organizations that do rescue work and needed to, to have places to send these women that they rescued off the streets because they didn't do the long the long-term restoration process. They did the emergency care uh, restoration process. Uh, so through these varieties of networks, I mean, we're talking um, social workers, FBI agents, law enforcement, and then these rescue organizations all become sources for referrals for us. And we've had uh, women come from all over the country at this point. Um, and 
Yeah, they come to us through all those different means, FBI, social work, uh, uh, this rescue mm-hmm. organization, word of mouth. We've had people who just kind of heard about us similar to you, like stumble upon it and said, oh, I got, this is the place. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool process to see how that uh, brought women into uh, our home. So how many women are you able to have there at one time? Sure. We house a maximum of four women at a time right okay. now. And that might sound small to, to some, but the reality was when we started uh, exploring this in 2013, the Lord showed us uh, that uh, in Illinois, through some research, in Illinois there were currently at that point only eight beds uh, designated for survivors of human trafficking. And when you look at the statistics and look at the need, uh, that's just a far cry from close to meeting uh, the need and helping. And so mm-hmm. we went, um, our adding four uh, increased the number available in Illinois to to 12. And since okay. then, um, I think they're, we're get, they're, they're getting close to 20 uh, beds in Illinois now. Okay, great. So at, at your location, how long can they stay there? How long are they able to be there? Is there a certain time that the program goes? Sure, sure. Our, uh, our offer to them is about two years. That's not okay. hard and fast. Uh, they don't come in on January 1st and leave two years later on January 1st. It's a, yeah. it, 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 we really want to individualize and tailor the recovery process to each woman. And so we're off, we think it's about from street to uh, stability is about two years. So the first okay. year, what we do is we just take, a, we take them and we say, focus on you. Don't worry about job. Don't worry about education. Nothing focus on you and so we we delve into emotional healing physical healing mental healing and uh and spiritual healing and so we look at all the facets of the person and we do counseling we do um classes that help them learn about trauma so they can filter their experience through what they're feeling and try to make sense of why they're coping the way they've coped and then shed light on that through a biblical lens and uh, invite them to live in the truth of who God created them to be, how much he loves them, and what it is he wants to do to restore them. So, so that's in, the first, that's oh, the first year. Okay, so for the first year, okay. Yep, and then the second year, uh, we start to transition them into uh, some more practical life things. What do they need? Do they need a driver's license? Uh, do they need a GED? Uh, are they ready to go into school? What kind of job skills do they need to improve so that their resume uh, is better and that they can succeed? So do they need to learn how to use computers? Uh, that kind of thing is, we'll individually, individually really take a look at what they need to succeed. Okay, so the first year is, is almost the spiritual, emotional, um, that kind of a thing, um, physical, and then the second part is almost restoration to, you know, what's the next step, step type thing um, of getting back into society, but in a, in a healthy way that's going to profit them in the future. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Great summary. Okay, great. So all this stuff that goes on there um, is under the name of this house is Eden's Glory. So who came up with that and what is the meaning behind the name? For sure. Yeah, it was a team effort. Um, on coming up with the name, and uh, we were God works with us. Uh, we say just in time. So uh, just in time, he downloaded this uh, name to us because we needed. We were ready to go public, and I was 
scheduled to preach, but we didn't have a name yet, and I didn't want to preach without the name, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there preparing for my, my sermon prep, and um, I was preaching out of Genesis and, you know, looking at the Garden of Eden and just saying that that, that is the place that God's original intent, God's presence, God's intimacy with man and woman was as good as it's ever been. And and we just wanted to, we wanted that to be the hope. We we want to talk about abundant life and what God can give and that he wants to be in direct relationship with us and that he, since that point, has been working to rescue mankind and um, had accomplished that through Jesus Christ. And so uh, we just want to remind our residents, anybody that comes in contact with the same story, that what we're working towards is to, to get back to those Eden-like attributes of relationship with God. Um, unhindered intimacy, fullness of life, no tears, no brokenness, no wounds. Uh, we, want to, we want to restore back to that uh, likeness. And uh, then the glory part is that we don't do this for us. This is not about us. It is about Jesus and the Lord and what he's done through all of redemption history, and we're just being the hands and feet. And so it is about the glory of the Lord um, all the way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, the ultimate hope. I mean, there's so many other things that, of course, need addressed, just that, um, you know, psychological effects and things that go on. But at the end of the day, um, if the spiritual side is left out, I mean, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be what they really need. Um, That's right. Yeah, uh, so. The source of true healing and full healing uh, is Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, and that's great, and it's it's great that you guys have that. I mean, really, that's almost a, a huge part of the very first year. So that's the main, almost the main focus. Um, you know, when they first absolutely, get there. Absolutely, yeah. We don't go into any of our classes uh, or our sessions and time with them without prayer. And their counselor is a Christian counselor, and uh, we do Bible study and we do the deep spiritual work, um, and, and that's really. We we just always are pointing, always pointing to Christ, saying if if you want healing, go to Him. He's the one that's going to do it. Uh, you just have to be a, a willing, a willing participant and, and let Him do it. Yeah. So I know some people um, who are listening or who have thought about this issue before, when they think of you know personally helping in some way, as I'm sure. Maybe there were many people, even yourself, maybe that that started thinking about this. You started; to, they started to think about um, the possible dangers of stuff like this. You know, is there any danger involved of, of you know, is some guy going to come after me? He's looking for this woman, and is he going to come after me? And those types of things. What kind of of real life are there dangers that you have to look out for? Are there you know things that you have to set up and put into place so these women don't don't you know aren't at risk in some way? kinds of different safety measures um but there's no locks on our uh, on our house there's no fence around our property yeah. um we we only bring select people to the property to to engage with and minister the women through a very strategic and thorough volunteer uh application process and training uh so you know not if anybody knows where the house is mm-hmm. uh we are very very clear to say uh, Southern Illinois. We do not locate very often through our county or through uh, saying what town we're in, just because we don't want we don't want that to be out there. Yeah. Um, 
and there are challenges to that, obviously, but we ask everybody to, to help us with that. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I get asked, so where is it? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, and they're like, and, and everybody's yeah. willing to go, oh, then you know what, you're right, because their safety is way more important than my curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's something <laughs> so, that actually I saw when I was looking online, um, I was thinking, well, where is this thing? And I'm trying to look, and then I, it, it kind of hit me. I was like, well, of course they're not going to even say where it's at because this is, you know, that's that's one of the things they need to feel um, safe where they're going to be at. So that that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other flip side of that, you know, you mentioned like is somebody going to come look for these girls. Um, <clears throat> here's here's the gross, egregious reality: is that a pimp uh, who is exploiting these women. Uh, is not going to go searching for one who's left. Instead, they're immediately replaceable. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's egregious. Uh, that is heartbreaking uh, that they're just going to go and get another girl. Now, the only time that might become uh, a higher risk factor is if say, the, 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 our clients want to decide uh, to prosecute. Then, okay. then there's a risk factor because uh, then we're talking about uh, the, the perpetrators or the pimps um, livelihood, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that kind of thing being threatened. And so then there might become, there might become a risk in that. But, uh, we also are so well networked with, uh, the FBI and law enforcement, uh, that we still don't feel like that would be a risk because they, yeah. they know how to do their stuff and take care of their, uh, their clients. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody did have, if, if somebody's out there and they say, wow, I, I need to get kind of like you were back. Uh, how long ago did you start this, by the way? Okay. Uh, we started working towards it in the fall of 2013. Okay, okay, so several years. Um, so if somebody's kind of in those early stages, like, now I need to do something in my community, um, but they do have these fears that they're, they're almost too afraid to move forward, what would you say to somebody like that? Uh, all, all I really say in that is, uh, do what you do in the direction of freedom. Um, it's yeah. one of the set free movement encouragements. So what is your skill set? What are you passionate about? What are you good at? And do that, do something from that skill set every day in the direction of freedom. So um, one example is this this guy that's on our team. He's a, he works a 40-hour-a-week job. He uh, works in a, a paper business. And what he can do is influence his business. And so he's influenced his business to change its supply chain yeah. and to change its policy uh, to make sure that there are digni- dignified workers and pay uh, all the way down the line of the supply chain of his company. So he's, he's just doing his 40-hour-a-week job, but he's doing it in the direction of freedom. And yeah. um, we all can take a look at our own supply chains. Um, the other thing that I'm really going to say, because that was just one example, the other thing I'm really going to say is that uh, I just invite you to pray. Because Jesus knows what he's called you to do. Mm-hmm. So get in the Word get to know Jesus, and ask him. Ask him what he wants you to do in the direction of freedom. And he's, he's so faithful, and this is his mission, too. He's going to show you what it is that you can do in your community. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and everybody kind of has this. I like what... um. The problem with me is I, I always remember verses, but I can't remember where they're located. <laughs> so I'm remembering this verse in my mind, and later on, I guess I'll post a link to the uh, verse in the show notes so you guys know I'm not making it up for my listeners. But I love what, what there's this verse that says, um, live worthy of the calling you've received. 
And so it's this idea that you know there's a there's a calling out there that that you've received, and you don't have to be just like you know somebody you've heard of or you know somebody down the road or you know someone you look up to, but there's somewhere you can fit into it. And really, God's going to kind of you know, um, despite your worries, despite your fears, he's gonna he's gonna be able he's gonna help you to. Uh, do whatever it is that he's calling you to do, regardless of those, you know, risks or whatever it is you could possibly think up. Um, so, can you? Um, is there anything? Of course, not using real names or anything like that. But is there any a story that you could tell us of someone who has been restored through Eden's glory? Uh, Josh, I think I lost you a little bit. What was that question? Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's getting better. Okay. Um, I said, is there? Um, is there a story that you can tell us involving uh, just a person who has been restored through Eden's glory, kind of a story of, of somebody who has been changed? Yeah, goodness, which one do I, which one do I share? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how much time do we have? Well, as much time as you need, I guess. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, well, here's, here's a couple of stories, uh, kind of fit a couple of different parameters of what we do. Um, so when a young woman first comes to our program, one of the first things that we do is help them form what we call a life plan. Uh, so we're asking them to just take a deep look inside their hearts and, and ask, what do I really want? And so uh, they often end up being like something about God, something about family, something about career. Um, this one young woman showed deep and thoughtful uh, with everything that she does. She's phenomenal. She said, I want stability. And, and so when we say, okay, your priority is one, stability, and then let's uh, talk about what your future self looks like. And then let's assess what your current self is. And then let's put down some tangible steps to move from the current self to the future that you envision. So uh, we asked them to, to grab a scripture verse or something that just kind of guides and steers that for them as well. Anyway, so this one young woman, in month one of her time with us, writes out her life plan. One of the priorities is stability. And we get to about month four, and she comes to me and she says, I'm leaving. I want to get out of here. And I was like, really? <laughs> okay, let's talk. And because um, one of the things that we do know is that it takes about seven times but stepping into the healing journey from something this deep and long that they've journeyed through their life, uh, it takes about seven times of stepping into the healing journey for the healing to stick. And so we're not surprised when a woman says, I want to go. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's talk. So we talk a little bit, and then we pull out the last plan, and in their own writing, she sees, I want stability. Hmm. And I said, okay, well, if you leave, like, that priority's gone. Like, yeah. where are you going to go? How are you going to have stability? What do you, you know, who's going to help you do that? How? Are, and so, just being able to utilize the tools uh, that we do programmatically, but it comes into real key decision making for them. Um, and now, tomorrow, we celebrate her one year anniversary with us wow. at Glory, and uh, she's just a beautiful, beautiful example of taking hold of the opportunity and digging in deep um, and choosing to go through the trenches of healing. Wow, so that's yeah. one story. Uh, that's great. Uh, can I you have time for another story? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. That connects uh, to, the, to the spiritual uh, side of the programming that we do. Um, so we sit down. We call, we call it, what we call the time is uh, God encounters. So we sit down with 
uh, one at a time. It's myself and uh, one of our volunteers who is trained in this God encounters process. And we just invite Jesus uh, to come and speak to us. And we sit down and we pray. And uh, then we just ask her, Jesus, what do you want to do in her life today? What is it that, that she's ready to receive healing for and to work on? And what do you want to tell her? And so um, we've been working with her for quite a, a long time at this point, I think, uh, maybe five, six months at this point. And the healing journey is slow, but there was progress. And um, the first picture that Jesus put in her mind was uh, just a stone cold heart. Uh, and number a month later, we come back to, to this God Encounters time with, with her. And the next picture that she gets is, um, is a steel plate coming off, like being unscrewed, uh, coming off and revealing that beneath the stone heart is, is a vibrant, beating, healthy, soft heart. And then the next picture, a couple months later, comes, and uh, her prayer, before we got the picture, was, uh, her prayer was, Jesus, here's heart. It's broken. It's tattered. It's worn. But I'm, I think I trust you to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so there's, then there's this image of this thriving heart in uh, her hand um, that's being healed, uh, kind of going, you know, from that bruised, cold uh, into a, a bright and, and vibrant. And so uh, these are images that Jesus shares with us through uh, just intentional time of asking him, what is it that you want to do? And yeah. he's taking the stone cold steel-wrapped heart into a thriving and soft and beating and vibrant uh, young woman. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just so, so cool to have a front-row seat uh, to see what it is that God is doing and accomplishing um, with these women. Yeah, that's great. And it's a, I mean, it's an ongoing thing. Like you say, um, it's, it, you know, it's always, I'm sure, different stories. Like you say, you could probably be telling stories for a long time, even in, even in the fact that it's only been around, I mean, several years now, but it, that's a short time, relatively speaking, and yet, you know, you have so many different stories, I'm sure, good and bad, because, of course, there I'm sure there are people, too, that decide to reject and turn away. Um, yeah, for and, and, sure. I mean, right now, we're serving two women in the course of our two years uh, of having our doors open. We've uh, served a total of seven. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's... It happens. Recidivism is is a real thing. Yeah. Um, and but again, like we just we know that it takes a lot of time of stepping into the healing journey. Mm-hmm. So we just trust the Lord that we're yeah. one of those stepping stones uh, to the healing sticking for for those women. And we pray for them all the time. Uh, they've they changed and shaped us and uh, this ministry that we can offer. And so yeah, they're we just trust that the Lord has gone with them. Yeah, and it's one of these those jobs um, similar to to the work that I have been involved in at the rescue mission, working with guys who um, have been in addictions. And in the same way, um, seeing people leave, and you know, you can't force somebody to stay, even though if you know what's right for them, you can't force them to do that. And so, being seeing sometimes, you know, the the horrible end of you know what they've gotten themselves into, um, and 
knowing ultimately though that God's in control so just having to trust him it's one of those jobs that is not easy to just go in and say okay I did my work and now I'm going home it's almost a constant thing really um, and I'm sure that's similar to what you do as well <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh, absolutely so um, of course the, the one thing that, that people can be doing when they hear about all this stuff is they can be praying about what you guys are doing um, and praying for you know the women and not only who work there, the people that work there, but also the women who are coming and who are staying there. Um, what are some other ways that people could tangibly help to fight human trafficking? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, from a distance, imagining uh, the ways to help is to uh, pray. Absolutely pray for their healing, pray for their freedom uh, from strongholds. Uh, it's a, it's a spiritual battle to, to bring healing uh, to these women. So absolutely, our first ask is, is to pray. Um, the other ask is about 80% of our budget is funded by individuals. And so we are uh, in need uh, of more and more uh, funding all the time just with uh, wanting to do the fullness of our program. We took a step of faith. We opened um, on a reduced budget, and now we're seeing, man, we really need to get to that full budget to be able to operate uh, a, a, the best possible way. And so we need more uh, We need more partners financially. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a one-time gift or a monthly gift. Uh, all, all pieces help. So can you give $10 a month, $100 a month? Uh, can you do a fundraiser and send the results of that fundraiser uh, to, to us? Um, that's one way. Uh, the other thing that we do a lot is we welcome the giving of gift cards to eating establishments, to like Walmart or Aldi for grocery. Uh, Amazon gift cards are great gifts. We do some shopping for the women there as well. Uh, we do monthly themed uh, outings. So like this month, our theme is forgiveness. And so we are focusing our programming, our devotions on this idea of forgiveness. Uh, but we're also going to work in an outing that uh, helps us to... to walk that out a little bit and we're also going to give the women a gift of some kind so every month we have an outing and a gift connected to our theme and helping us to fund that is a great Hmm. gift to us as well great so i'm assuming all the kind of the monetary stuff could be done on the website is that something that can be done that's right edensglory.org e-d-e-n-s-g-l-o-r-y.org and uh, i think the tab says donate now Okay, so I'll, part, I'll. It could say partner today, then donate now. Okay, so I'll put a note, um, a, a link to that in the show notes here as well. Um, now right, about the you. the gift cards and things. How does somebody get something like that to you? Sure, you can um, you can mail those to us, and our address is on the website as well. Uh, that address is PO Box one six four, Maryville, Illinois six two zero six two. Okay, great. So um, there are many different ways that you guys can help out those who are listening um, and, you know, maybe even getting your your church group together in some way. I know many church groups out there that um, get together and and, uh, fund um, all sorts of different things, you know, have have fundraisers and things. Um, As we've been talking about here several times, talking about the upcoming Freedom Sunday in the Free Methodist Denomination, um, that's a, a time that really, you know, a, a lot of people I know talk about um, set free movement in general. But if you're hearing this now, you know, you can be prepared to even talk about this ministry specifically 
um, and, and know a little bit more about it in case some people ask you some things um, and, and direct them to the website, um, Eden's Glory, and direct them to this podcast and, and allow them to hear more because the thing is when people hear about these stories, when they hear about um, what's going on, um, really then it leaves with an option. It leaves with, well, you can say, okay, that's nice and kind of move along or you can choose to take the next step and get involved um, and uh, I think, as I've said many times, when it comes to human trafficking, I, I don't think that it's one of those things that you can just kind of say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's bad that that happens and kind of move on with your life. I think that it needs to be some sort of response, whether that's, that's giving or tangibly getting involved in helping in some way. So um, for those of you who are listening out there, please do consider how you could respond in some way to what you're hearing today. Um, is there anything, Ginger, that, that you wanted to talk about or say or bring up that I haven't talked about yet? Uh, we, we've covered quite a bit from uh, <laughs> the story of our beginning to the restoration stories and yeah. victories. Um, but most of all, we're just so thankful, like I mentioned earlier, to be on mission with God and to have a front row seat to see him uh, do these mighty things uh, on behalf of these ones that uh, society just forgets. Um, and so we are just so thankful to be on journey with him. Great. Well, thank you for being willing to do it and not just kind of going back to a, to a nine to five desk job, you know, safe type job that doesn't involve getting into the level of people's lives like you're doing now. Thank you for doing that. And, uh, as I said at the beginning, I mean, and people who listen to this know, cause I talk about it all the time. Um, this is one of the things that like, like set free movement and Eden's glory, the stuff that you're doing, I, I'm the most excited about these kinds of ministries. So thank you for what you do. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to share with you. Yeah. Um, if you have any updates or anything, please let us know. And, uh, I will get those out to everybody as well. I see you dressed in All right. Thank you again. Every wrong made right I see a rose in bloom At the side of you You're irreplaceable Unmistakable Incomparable Darling, it's beautiful Diamonds and pearls This is who you are Yes This is who you are So when it's late You're wide awake Too much to take Don't you dare forget that in the pain You can be brave Hear me say I see you dressed in white